Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And today we have an actually serious reason that you should <laughs> review our podcast. Uh, if you review it and you take a little screen grab and tweet it to us at Finding Emo Pod, we'll randomly draw someone and we'll give you a Finding Emo Pod t-shirt. Blake- we'll pod, podcast, I don't know, whatever. That's the name of the Twitter account at least, so... We'll send you a t-shirt. Does that work? I mean, for you guys? Yeah. Sound like a good plan? Yeah, it'd be totally yeah, great. Yeah, so, if the postal service is still running, you will receive it. <laughs> yes. We are still <laughs> recording this in the middle of COVID-19 madness, so if we're not all dead, you'll get a t-shirt. We might have to bring it to your house manually. If so, we'll leave it on the porch, knock on the door, and run away. Right. Six feet. Got to keep that six feet. Uh, so yeah, you can also subscribe to the podcast. That helps us out a lot, too. So subscribe, rate. Uh, give us glowing five-star reviews. We would love that. It's really nice of you to do that. So today we are talking about the brand new album. Not new as in, it's not new now. The band brand new, uh, Your Favorite Weapon. So Kyle, you've got the research on this one. So you've got copious notes. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, I've got I've got the facts, and I'll lay down some of the quick facts before we get into the songs. But um, And honestly, some of these facts will probably be laced within... <laughs> Within, I've got some facts they will, they will, that are laced within songs. They will be laced within songs. So, um, I mean, brand new, right? Huge band. Um, came. This came out in October of 2001, which what's crazy to me is I feel like that it's older than I remember it being. Like, I thought this was like 2005 or Same. something. Uh, so, like, the fact that it was 2001... And I'm going to go ahead and go off on a side tangent. They this is their already se- this is so soon for a tangent. This is their second recording. They had they recorded this and lost it, and so <sighs> they lost the whole thing. And then wait, you gotta be kidding me? Like, like please wait, explain how you lose. Is this digital? A whole thing? Like it was di- it was like, a di- it was a, di- a hard drive. Yep, it was a di- it was, it's uh the the producer Mike is it Sapone Mike Sapone. Anybody? I don't know, but did they fire him after he, no, he recorded didn't back he, he, up a hard drive? He did it again, apparently. So I, mean, I wish I would have been a fly on the wall the night he realized that happened. Yep. Like, so did he you can't send a text. It's two thousand one, so So this Ooh. is the second Well, you could, it cost a lot of money, maybe. That's but, a rough no, phone call. I don't know. I, hey, I, what's up, Jesse? Uh so hey. got some news. You know how <laughs> You know how you know how like we weren't sure how we were feeling about this sesh? Well, <laughs> let's just start over. Guys, my my heart is beating faster just thinking about that happening. Well, think about how big this record album. is. This this is I mean, well, yeah. this thing is I think it's gone gold, I'm not sure, but I know that it sold uh 350,000 units, right? So like that's not that's what? nothing small and he lost the first version of it. Uh <laughs> I don't know, man. That bums me out because I, 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 my heart goes out to him too. Because like when you're young and you're making a record, I feel like the producer might have been like, "Hey, you guys should buy a second hard drive." Ooh, it's like two hundred fifty. Yeah, probably bucks. just didn't. I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna do that. Yep. I was so, gonna say that's the downside of digital recording, but you know, who was it? Is it Universal that that warehouse burned and a ton of really famous yep. masters got burned up in it? So uh, you got to just make a copy. That's the point of so make it back up your computers right now everyone if you're listening to this yeah put it on uh, dropbox man yeah something come on so that's interesting didn't yeah. know that that is crazy 2001 
October. Uh, it's it's older than I thought it was. It it's uh, I think people would like to know this that it is actually classified as emo. W- Wikipedia says this is an emo record, so it must be good. Well, uh, if it Wikipedia is. says it, that's the only reason it's on this podcast. So, I mean, honestly. I, if it's okay with you guys, I kind, I kind of want to get going because most of this stuff is going to be like throughout within songs. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's fine. I mean, Um, the only other thing I would, the, I guess the only other stuff that I would add to it is that, you know, like obviously this, this isn't, this isn't like a fact sheet that I'm reading, but for anybody that followed the career of this band, this is a completely different, um, this is the introduction of brand new, but like very much a pop punk Wikipedia says they're emo. So I agree, but like this is a punk record and where they yeah. went from here is it's, it's just crazy. They just, they just, they snowballed and got bigger and bigger. So, um, and then I'll just, yeah, I'm, I was going to say my, go Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You please. Well, I was just going to say, um, a crazy amount of bands coming out of New Jersey in like 2001, oh. 2002. Isn't it nuts that like all these, they weren't just from New Jersey. Like all these people knew each other. It's like brand new taking back Sunday. Michael McRomance is, is Jersey, right? Aren't they too? Yeah. I know there's I like so. three, there's like 320 million people in America, but every band that got famous was from like six area, uh, six zip codes. They all like played at the same clubs and stuff. It's like, uh, sorry, I'm not from New Jersey. I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. I, I'm with you, Kyle. I thought when I first, uh, I honestly hadn't listened to that. We'll talk about that in a second. I hadn't listened to it in a while. And when it you know came on Spotify, it's got the 2001. And I was like, I was really thinking it was more like 2003. But then I realized that's their second record that was out around then. So yeah, it yeah. was earlier than I thought it was. So um, same boat. Well, let's talk about first impressions then. Chris, you get to give us your first impression first. <laughs> no, first, not First fair. impression. I don't know, man. I like so this band just kind of always hit me weird. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. That's I, okay. Yeah, well, I, I, so you were talking about how it came out two thousand one. I really liked some aspects of this record, and I really liked some aspects of the songs. I really did, but also there was just something that rubbed me the wrong way about this band. It always has. I don't know what it is. Um, and I tried to put it in some notes of some of the songs and I'll go into some detail about some things that bum me out. But now that Kyle has explained that they recorded the record twice, some of that makes a little sense to me because, you know, there's just a little passion lost in the second recording of a song. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's what hit me wrong. I, I would like to think I was that intuitive at the age of 19. Doubt it, <laughs> but <laughs> it might've also been some, uh, uh, you know, some lifestyle things like uh, some of the girls I was dating at that time or something like that, that liked that record. And then we broke up. Who knows? It's a lot. How of... many girls were you dating in 2001? Well, just the one, but, 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 but passions were running high. <laughs> I was just you know, curious. It was, it was very, <laughs> it seemed like the end of the world at the time. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, I guess my question, follow-up question to Chris would be like, did you listen to this album in 2001? Cause I am, I cannot remember when I got into this album or heard it first but it had to have been 2002. It was not 2001 for sure. I'm thinking it was maybe a year after it came out that I got in this album. Uh, Kyle or heard and about them at all. Kyle and Steve-O, who I hung out with a lot at the time, they were super into this record. So okay, so you probably I did I was hear at it least early. I was at least passively listening to it, you know, okay. through them. Um, I, and and I know like when I look at the record 
cover with the clock, the original cover, not the deluxe cover with uh, him laying on the sidewalk. That's why uh, I didn't recognize it. Yeah, yeah. The, if you look up the record <laughs> okay. now, yeah. No, if you look up the record now on Apple Music or Spotify, the, the deluxe version is usually it pops up. But the original record had that, like, it was like a purple clock. Yeah. And when I saw that, it it's I, the, I it's took the me chest right clock. back there. Yeah. That's really funny because I yeah. had no look looking, like I said, playing it on Spotify, even though I've got it in iTunes and stuff. I had no recollection recollection of that album cover at all. And I was like, well, maybe someone just burned this one for me. Maybe this is one that I ripped into my computer and I never saw the album artwork or something. But then I was like, no album artwork's also on iTunes. I guess I just never realized that. Yeah. The Spotify stuff's like a deluxe version or something and has a different artwork. So uh, well, Kyle, well, what first, about you? It's the first thing it oh, pops up too when you, sorry, it's the first thing it pops up when you search oh, okay. right now. Well, so it's that's... just kind of what happens. So, I I guess I was gonna save some of this for some of the songs, but I think I think this is well, maybe you can. no 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 I think I actually think this is gonna make for better discussion. So I think okay. I'll, I'll I'll say what I say I want to say between songs, but like I'm just gonna throw this out there, Chris. I agree with you. Although I did I love this record. I loved it from the first yeah. time I heard it. Um, I hated the shit <laughs> the shift in the music scene that happened because of Brand New. I hated the cynicism that came with Brand New, yeah, and and their fans. Yes. And I I don't know the guys from Brand New. They're probably great dudes. They make great music, but like their fans, I think are the first ones that I remember hating. And like I didn't want to like their music because, okay, so this was the thing that I that I was talking about earlier. Like I'm gonna go ahead and say this: Did Brand New like lyrically? Did they create? are they the inventors of cancel culture? Like you, you did me wrong. So die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I don't, exactly, uh, that's, I wouldn't call that cancel culture as much as it's just like, I think saves the day was definitely doing it before of like oh. the sort of violent lyric. But, thing. but dude, that's, yeah, but they were more poetic. Took it, they took it. Yes, exactly. Oh, no, they no, were no. more poetic. Exactly. That's exactly. Oh, I agree with that. Totally. But I mean, it's in the same vein. It's clearly very inspired but, by Saves the Day. I, I mean, like, I I, right? agree, I agree with you. And, and they say that, like they reference listening to, to Saves the Day a bunch. But I, I just feel like yeah. when I remember brand new fans and we talked about this on another episode, I can't remember which one, but the three of us agreed that when this record came out, there were all these local bands that we would play with. And it was just like, oh, God gosh they love yeah. brand new and mm-hmm. do you remember talking about that there's a there's yeah, a there's a band name that i can think of right now but i'm not gonna mm-hmm. say it. we're not gonna say but, but it, we're not <laughs> gonna like, say any of them it's just like you know it became popular to like overreact and, and like just be as dark as you can oh you don't want to go out with any, me anymore i hope you die oh you're not a good yeah, friend to yes. me go kill yourself yeah. and like yeah and and the do, thing is, but do you, did this happen as much with this record? Or see, I have this same feeling, but about the next record. Oh, I think it's stronger. Like, I on felt this like record. Well, no, 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 not yeah. lyrically. I'm talking about the like, re, like how many more people knew and listened to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Of theirs. You're right. I'm saying but, that's when that happened to me. It did not happen during this record. That like I felt like everyone was copying them. I felt like this was a big record, but it wasn't the thing that made me go like, oh, you're you know? you're but, right. But, but in fairness but, to me, Razor and Ty release like did a double release with their first record and Deja. Is it Intendu? Inten- I think that's so. What I, I think Intendu. And yeah. um and so like 
people who bought that record and everyone did they had it was humongous they had, they had them, them both. both and and like okay. that's that's de- there's no doubt you're right that it started with with the explosion that came with their second record but like and that was definitely in 2003 that it got crazy it was you know i don't feel like brand new wasn't gigantic in 2001 or 2002 no no no. you're right 2003 that really it got crazy but but i yeah i I agree i distinctly remember a shift in the music scene and just cynicism and i hated it i hated that like it was almost like from that moment on it was like people would go to shows and it was like impress me you know what i mean like instead of going to enjoy music and and i can't I know it's stupid to put that on brand new, but I distinctly remember it like being a part of the package. It came with, you know, with being a fan of brand new. No. And, and when I was listening to this record, re-listening to it, all those feelings came back up. And I think you're absolutely, I think you guys are both right. I think, but what Kyle's saying, this was the birth. This was the conception of that moment, like where the rift began and, you started to see like people that were God for lack of a better term, like brand new bands versus non brand new bands. (laughs) It kind of started right here. Well, I I do think that there was a, this is, this is unfair to probably put all this on brand new. It's not brand new's fault, but I do think brand new was one of a few bands that inspired people to be in bands. Cause like, Oh, it'd be cool to be in a band. Not cause they like really loved playing music. And I don't think I'm not saying that at all about brand new. I don't think you make that many records and some, they're great. That you know, many great records. really love playing music. Yeah. So I'm not saying brand new is this way. I'm just saying it. I do remember specifically knowing guys in bands that just like, I'm like, you're doing this cause it's fun and your girls think you're cute and stuff like that. But I like, you wouldn't, they're not going to go, last on the road or something like that like there's just it's like there's no way they're gonna put up with like the muck of being in a band it was just like a cool thing to do and i feel like uh brand new was one of them there's probably a handful of other ones too that were kind of influential which is you know what whatever is that such a bad thing if there's more bands i mean maybe not i I, yes for me it for me (laughs) chris says yes as people in sucking bands, up like, yes, our oxygen for the guys that are working hard. For for me, yeah, that's it true. was it was the shift in the scene. I didn't appreciate it. Like I felt like and and they talk about so like they wrote this album in high school, guys. They were in high school right. when they wrote it. And they're and like yeah. the way that they even in many of these songs describe partying, like I would say that prior to pre-brand new and to be fair, saves the day, like a party was a party. You went there to have a good time, and like suddenly it's changed. You know what I mean? Like it's just, everything is so cynical and, and like, I, I, I don't know how to, to explain it other than I would say, I might even argue that like, you don't have people like <laughs> there is no Taylor Swift without brand new writing songs right. directly about people. Um, yeah. But okay. So my first impression is, and I might have it wrong. I, there is cynicism in there. I, feel like so much of it is really tongue in cheek with him though. Like, and I could be wrong, obviously maybe he really wanted these people to die. I don't think he did. And I'm not even just saying on that kind of stuff, but I know as we get into the songs, I'll actually think and remember what lyrics I'm talking about. But I feel like there was so much like, (laughs) to me there was, there's so much like, (laughs) I like the tongue in cheekness of it. Like, I think he's a pretty clever lyricist. Like in, in, 
you he's on he's like skating this fine line and so i remember my first impression kind of being like okay this isn't quite trying to be like poetic all the time it's like he's not you know because even like well we'll get to the song uh, um you're talking about mixtape yeah. where he references himself and the band i mean like dude i can you, tell he's not that's not a, an egocentric no. like name drop of himself it's like it's, you, you're I don't know. right there's so much tongue-in-cheek no yeah. you, you're right but and and Okay, you are totally right. The thing is, but I other people that, weren't talented that's enough the thing. to do they, that. And, well, yeah. and other people weren't picking up on that. That's what I think. Yeah, exactly. I think you're totally think you're right. right because, like, a lot of this is tongue in cheek, and and I have some facts to go along with this that, like, well, I hope will blow your mind. They blew my mind. That, I hope they do too. Uh, but like, no, it, it's tongue in cheek. And another thing that I absolutely love about this record, and again, everything that I'm saying that I hate, it's it's what happened to the scene after Brand New, like, and and their followers. Right. But like, um, I love how happy some of these songs sound and they're just so hateful at the same time. You know what I mean? Like I love that. Um, and I like that juxtaposition in songs though. Like, like a happy song. It's like, when you look at the lyrics, like, wait, that doesn't match at all. But yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this record because it feels very poppy and upbeat. And then there's some stuff where you're like, Oh, that's, I pretty rough. I feel like we should just jump in and listen because, like, all of my notes. I I feel like we we're gonna have to prove that we like brand new. I love brand new. It's just I do too. Well, it was a time. I love this record. They there was a punctuation on a time in my life that that happened because of this band, and and I associate it with their fans. We're we're completely we're completely aligned. I feel the same way, and I had a hard time (laughs) listening to the songs and not breaking away from that feeling. Like I would listen to the song and be like, "Oh, this is kind of good." Oh yeah, but that one guy said that one thing to me that one time in two thousand two, and I'm pretty sure it was because of this song. And he had a pissed off. And he had a bad haircut. Yeah. Okay. So before before we jump into the track by track, my last thing about kind of on that note and first impressions is that I had not listened to this record in a long time, honestly, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think it's because that was my mentality. Like I don't know, like I didn't it wasn't something that got brought up. Cause I think I had a weird, bad taste in my mouth from other people. And then the second I put this record, in, I was like, man, I forgot this record is really good. And I mean, I listened to it like, I don't know, four times in the last week since we yeah. decided to do this one. And I was just like, man, it's a really good record for as young as those guys are. These songs are really great. And production wise, it's not great, especially for oh, the God, second no. pass through. But, um, <laughs> but like, it's a, it's a really good record. And I, I, Clearly, something left a bad taste in my mouth that made me not want to play it again. It's not the record, though. The record's great. So I did think you, you're right. Did you, I know, think... did you know us at the time? Because we might have been in a year being like, it's not that great. It's not that great. <laughs> why does why does everybody uh, like these guys? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I definitely knew you both at the time, so maybe that's what happened. Okay, so let's jump into track by track. We're going to start with the uh, first track, which is Shower Scene.
Kyle, let's go to you first since you have the uh, copious amounts of notes on okay. uh, on this record. Okay, so I'm going to say what I think about the shower scene, but I'm also going to say that this. So we talked about this record coming out with their next release, and I think that mm-hmm. maybe I want to I want to clarify. I think that's also why I resent Brand New fans because to me Brand New was a punk band that I loved, and then when that record came out, people were like, "I love Brand New," and I was like, "You don't even like punk rock." You know what I mean? Like, you don't even know. So, I, yeah. I, I'm petty. Um, so moving on. <laughs> that's okay. The shower scene. Not Tom okay. Petty. Petty. I lo- I love the guitars. The the breaks on the one freaking rock, um, and then um, it's a great intro. The musical bridge is awesome, and an even better outro. That's what I say about this song. Chris, what about you? Yep, same thing. Same notes here. Creamy, creamy like awesome guitar tones. I I mean, you're right, Blake. When you mentioned this, and and we can go into details about how the production on this record is a little weak, but it felt like some really great musicians worked really hard to make it sound as good as possible. And this song just comes out swinging. I like the, um, you guys are better producers than me, but the the kind of distorted vocals, like the the overdriven vocals, Mm -hmm. it's like a bold, bold move on the first track, a lot of passion. Um, and yeah, it makes you kind of get really excited about what's coming next on this record. I think what's weird for me, I actually have a different take on this. It's not that I don't like the song. It's that this song doesn't fit with the rest of the record to me at all. Like, it's a weird first track. It's not that it's bad. It's got, like, it kicks it off. It's, but it's not what the rest of the record, I mean, those distorted vocals are nowhere on the rest of the record. There's not that heavy of a guitar tone anywhere else on the record. So it's almost just like this weird... I say weird. It just doesn't fit the rest of it, but I like the song. And and that the, makes any and sense, the, but... the classic brand new double vocal vocal is is not on this. Yes. So no, like... th- yeah, th- I actually had that note and I didn't say it. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Not a double vocal. It's distorted vocals. It just like doesn't fit kind of the rest of the record. It feels like it could have been almost a different band. But it's not a bad song. So we've all the ones we've done so far have had these opening tracks that really I feel like set this like set the whole record up and this one just doesn't for me for whatever reason it's not that i don't like it it's just it just seems like okay that was weird and then uh we go <laughs> on to it's, it's almost like it would have been if it was like track nine i would be like oh okay cool this is the weird ninth track song so but uh i don't know that's my weird opinion about uh the shower scene is anyone else think i'm totally <laughs> think no I'm no crazy? i I, okay. I see where you're i see where you're coming from but to yeah. me it pulled me in like i Same. i, I it, yeah. With, with I'm with Kyle with like you know being like kind of a punk rocker I was like oh this kind of rocks man I'm getting excited yeah. uh, just to be let down so many times following this song just kidding <laughs> <laughs> well shall we uh, go on to uh, Jude Law and the Semester Abroad please okay here we go Kyle, let's go to you first. Okay, so 
dude, this song, like, it's such a good <laughs> so song. Good. <laughs> it is such a good song. And, like, the fact, so to go, I disagree with you about the first song. It pulled me in. But That's I okay. will say, okay. this song, it's like, wow, they just went for it on song number two. You know what I mean? Like, they could have, like, waited a couple more tracks to keep people hanging on. But, man, this one, they dude, just. why not? Oh, dude. So good. So, my notes, um, Classic brand new vocals and lyrics. The stops. Yep. Chugga chugga. Double vocal outro that turns into a triple vocal line outro. And uh, and I wrote, uh, it almost looks like a triple rainbow. Are you guys familiar <laughs> with that reference? <laughs> I've heard of the I, double rainbow. That guy, that guy I, in his video is like, it almost looks like a triple rainbow. Oh, and, uh, nice. That's how I feel about the vocals. I mean, dude, this song is insanely good it's catchy everything about this song is great yeah yeah. uh my notes would be the this is where the tongue-in-cheek comes in it's like i mean first of all that chorus melody is fantastic and the lyrics are awesome like tell every english boy you meet about the american boy i mean i just it's so good and it's like and it's like spiteful but not mean if that makes any sense somehow yep. i don't know it's just interesting to me and i love the like i hope the next boy that you kiss has something terribly contagious on his lips yeah like coronavirus maybe mm-hmm. uh, oh. i love that line i just think it's so good and and yeah so to me this is the song that i hear and go like ah this is brand new lyrically and melodically they've got great like pop melodies on this record like the choruses are pretty much all fantastic and you could recognize them by like singing it out loud without any like you could be like oh you know that song and sing the line and people be like oh yeah I know that song um, I don't know I love it Chris what about you uh, my notes say hello Jesse Lacey two octave scream we hardly <laughs> knew ye because this is kind of where like if you're listening to the record this band for the first time you get introduced to his low register high register yep. thing uh, yep. that that becomes kind of their signature sound and um, also. I just always had one thing I loved about New Jersey bands and they all did this so freaking well. And my God, I could never pull it off half as well as these guys is how they could have those like metal guitar riffs that also like had a major, not a, you know, most metal songs are like a minor chords and like yeah. have kind of a, a, a darkness to them, but, but how they can have like theme. those metal riffs and it like, it's like pop punk too. And the New Jersey bands from this time, they all pulled this off in such a cool way. And it always sounded so good and made me so happy. There's clearly, this song is a good example of like, I mean, and I know Kyle, I'm 100% sure you have some of these things in your notes, obviously, but like, this could be a Taking Back Sunday song. I mean, I know these guys know each other. Jesse was in Taking Back Sunday at one Mm -hmm. point. I know like, there's, they're clearly all influencing each other a great deal um, in that scene at the time. It's It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that. It's like Lifetime. Lifetime at the top of the tree, and then like all these other bands kind of merging off, right? Weren't they? Wasn't Lifetime kind of one of the first bands that I think so, yeah, had that sound where it's like the metal riffs, but also like the kind of pop punk stuff, yeah, yeah. So, I I just I just want to point this out. I'm gonna I want to read some of these lyrics real quickly, and I and like just imagine like knowing that it's tongue in cheek, fantastic, but but being literal with it. And and then I think people will understand my distaste for, 
you know, brand new bands. Uh, Jess, I still taste you, thus reserve my right to hate you. And all this empty space that you create does nothing for my flawless sense of style. <laughs> like, really funny. And then there were kids that listened to it and, like, were like, oh, that's cool. Took it literally. Yes. And, yeah. and, and then um, tried to write a similar lyric and probably failed. So um, I yeah, was going to tell you really guys, uh, I have a friend. I think you guys know him, my friend Eric. And he and his now wife were dating, and she broke up with him to do a semester abroad. And when this record, <laughs> when this record no came way. out, this was his Uh-oh. jam. And I was always kind of jealous because this song hits hard. It's like so awesome. But I was it's kind great. of, I was kind of jealous of him for like relating to it so much. Did you know, she like, cheat on him while she was over there? No, she, she not. Did, they got she, she didn't. But. Okay. It was it was his jam. I was like, that was would gone. be too, yeah, that'd be too much, yeah. Yeah, uh, I would hope this podcast know? wouldn't be where we all found out about that too. That would be, <laughs> you know that what, would be unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep it. Uh, you know what, I wasn't here. gonna say nothing, but <laughs> no, no, uh, she did not. They were, I, they're like, they're a great couple, happily married, all that. But like, you know, you're young. You, you, she, she did the right thing by breaking up with him if she was gonna be gone for a year. But still, like, um. You know, this song, I cannot imagine how hard it was hitting him in the fields. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is a good, uh, another good example to, like, I, we talked on a previous episode about how uh, the sort of catalyst for the super long title that has nothing to do with the song thing mm. that kind of became a thing back then. And they do a little bit of that on this record but for the most part if the if the title's not in the song it adds a bit of clarity to the song which yep, i really I like and so this is a good example you don't it doesn't ever mention in the song actually about her being taking a semester abroad i don't think it actually does i mean obviously it talks about her being in england and whatnot yeah. but like the title adds clarification to Absolutely. what happened and I assume maybe she cheated on him with some guy that looked like Jude Law i don't know if that part's true but uh Either way, I, I I like the I like the way they do that. Is yep. you know some of them are like mixtape is straight up. It's got the word mixtape in it, so okay, it's called mixtape. But uh, you know some of these other titles do add a little bit of clarity or additional tongue and cheekness. Is that a thing? Tongue and cheekness? Yeah, I think it, it is, is now. Sure. It is now. Um, any other notes on this song before we jump to sudden death in California? It rocks. It it does indeed rock chris is it a solid tune yeah all right absolutely chris gets yeah the, gets the solid seal tune. of approval of a solid tune. i, I think right, it's my go. only i'm looking at my notes it's the only exclamation point i used oh well metal there we go metal all right well let's go to sudden death in california what difference does this difference in age make i know how it ends to kill me quick Who wants to go first? I'm just gonna let you pick. Chris, go I like ahead. this song. Yeah, no, I, I, I like. I'm, I'm a fan of the tune. So what I, what I kept coming back to was like, you know, 
like we all had those friends in high school or like after high school, like thought they were so super poetic. And, and I, Kyle already hit, you know, rang this bell, but like trying to be super poetic and metaphorical. But like Jesse pull Jesse pulls it off on this record so perfectly. Um, like the call nine one one, I'm already yeah. dead. Uh, God, so cool! It just like paints a picture. Like you see it all happening, and uh, but <laughs> then I get angry at all the bands that tried to do the same thing. But you you have to be him. He had a special way of 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 doing of of like uh, you know lyrically painting these pictures that that was very specific to. I don't know. It just, it, it was very unique and you couldn't mimic it without like, it was impossible to mimic. Like it was his thing, you know? Um, and so where I really liked this chorus and I liked the lyrics of the chorus a lot and it still makes me like smile and li- I absolutely love it. It just like kind of pissed me off. Cause I was like, oh, somebody's going to try to like do something similar and they're just not even going to get close jerks. Yeah. You know to me, saying? this has, I absolutely know what you're saying. But okay. to me, this is this song is mainly most of the reason that I feel like he's so tongue in cheek. Cause like that chorus is so dripping with clearly he's being like dramatic about it in a funny yeah. way. Not in it's like awesome. it's not in a Ben Gibbard death cab, like super serious way. It's just like it's it's funny. I mean it's like it it's kind of like way before the meme of like, you know, I'm dead kind of thing. So but it was uh, lost. It was I lost. It. On, yeah. it was lost on fifteen-year-olds. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and I, and there's probably a gigantic difference. By the way, uh, we're a little older than a lot of the people that I'm thinking about. That uh, the brand new fans that left a bad taste in my ma- mouth are all at least two years younger than me. Well, that's totally. a big difference. When if I got this album, let's say I got it a year after it came out, I'm 19 and I'm out of high school and I'm, you know, well, if you're 17 and you're a junior in high school, I think that these lyrics and everything means something totally different to you than it does two years later. So, and you might take it a lot more seriously and you're way more, you know, you know how you are when you're 17. So that makes a little bit of a difference and you guys are just a little older than I am. So, you know, you guys are 20 or or 19 or 20 when you, when you get it. So that, that probably makes the big difference that we're unfairly, uh, judging adolescence, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'd like I'd like to clarify that we're exactly the same older. Oh, I know, I know. We're birthday you, buddies. <laughs> you're exactly mm-hmm. birthday buddies. May yeah, 4th. you shouldn't have you shouldn't have mentioned that. Like we could not be. I mean, we're maybe hours difference in age. Me and me and Kyle. And we I'm need, a little we younger. Need, we know we I don't have a birthday out. on May fourth. I was born at twelve yeah, twenty. I need to find out. Okay, I'll, we're gonna have I'll to get the birth out. certificates. Let's figure yeah, it out. Yeah, no, but my my parents had a a picture on the wall of my like birth time, twelve twenty a.m. So you were that you close go. to May third. I was. I was almost. Oh, Star that's Wars, very baby. close. Yeah. Wow. Um. Well, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, on my this my song, notes on this one? Were Carolina. short. Uh, it it Did sounds I say California. By the way, it's Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. I might have said California the first time. Anyway, um, short notes. It sounds so happy, and it's not, and I love it. And it's it's mm-hmm. a great song. So, yeah, and I, I love the line about like someone should be held responsible. It's for, yeah. for this it's bloody mess. So funny to me. Yeah. I good. love it. I think it's great. It's like, and to me, saves the day was always. Um, I, there's so much saves the day influence on this. I mean, it's like obvious, but uh, saves the day was always like. I never had like 
feel like there's a lot of humor in mm-hmm. their stuff. It's just weird, kind of dark, and it, but it's really poppy, so you love it and sing along, even though he's talking about like you know like rotting or something. Yep. And uh, whereas like you know, brand new kind of took that some of that and then like I think made it funny, but not in a jokey, sticky way at all. Like it's still a really good lyrical way. So I don't know. I'm with you. Uh, shall we go on to the mixtape or it's just mixtape. Sorry, not the mixtape. My goal is just to get the titles right on these tracks. All right. Mixtape. <laughs> I got a $20 bill that says no one's ever seen you without makeup. You always made up and I'm sick of your tattoos and the way you always criticize the Smiths and Morrissey and I know that you're a sucker for anything acoustic but when I say let's keep in touch I really mean I wish that you'd grow up to keep that Kyle let's go to you uh I love it I mean, the it's mean, but I love it. <laughs> it it's it's pretty emo for for oh, yeah. like I I agree with you that the opening track is more punk, but I would say that this album rocks pretty consistently more so than oh, yeah, yeah. than you know where they evolved, and and so like to me this song in particular is a pretty emo song i love how it builds from the moment it starts like it just keeps getting yeah. bigger and bigger it rocks and bigger. in the middle yeah totally and 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 i and i love i love that it's angsty you know like it's it's yeah. it's great that opening line is brutal so, i mean yeah. <laughs> it's so mean but i mean i like it it's good uh chris what about you i don't know you don't like it we that's fine this. if you don't uh, come on, man! That uh, just the Smith thing, and then talking about yourself in the third person is a little too much for me. A little on the nose. <laughs> Sorry. I can only think of one other band that I've ever listened to that references their band name in a song. Uh, can you guys think of any others? I can't even think of one besides these guys. Counting sure. Crows do it on their first record, uh, but it's because uh, they got Lynn their name Biscuit from some poem bunch. and so. <laughs> biscuit <laughs> oh my god oh. well yes kyle you wow. are correct <laughs> sorry that technically since it was rap rock qualifies as rap who do it he all answered the time. your so question not the same thing. he answered your question <laughs> you directly did, you did answer my question uh that is a fair answer are we oh, gonna man. do three dollar bill y'all that yeah, was about the same sure. era it's pretty emo Wait, another uh, episode Man, that is uh, pretty bad. Yeah, so uh, I like that reference. I, Chris, it might rub you the wrong way, but I, I don't know. I kind of like it. I feel like um, I've I've no, been there with it, a girl before that felt fine. like <laughs> felt like it's she didn't fine. care about any things I cared about. It's fine. I just you know, I, the Smiths always pissed me off. So when he said, "Well, that, yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big Smiths fan, to be fair." But um, me neither. It, it, but you, Kyle's point is is absolutely right. I love the way the song builds up. I love the riffs in the middle. It's just one of the songs where you're like, man, I wish you wouldn't have said anything about the Smiths, but God, that is a good song. Yeah, and, it is a good song. And how they don't appreciate I've got a, brand new. 
Right. <laughs> yes. I have a I have a Spotify playlist called Bands Name Dropping Bands, and this is on that playlist, obviously. How they, much Limp Biscuits in that playlist? It's mostly Limp Biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Track. No, it's you've like you've got a name. <laughs> sorry, no, it's Bands Name Dropping Other Bands. Oh, oh, it's oh. not right, 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 right. So you Fair can't enough. just talk about yourself, Limp Biscuit, all the time and make the playlist. I'm sorry, that's not how it goes. Sorry, Fred, uh, if good. you're listening. Well, Limp Biscuit name drops. I believe Limp Biscuit name drops Hanson in a in a song, in the song where um where Fred Did Durst, really yeah Fred Durst and uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn are slinging insults at one another. There's a lot of homophobia. It would never go over today. And um, at one point, he he calls out Hanson and says something mean about them. I if know you, this is. If Go you would ahead, have told Chris. me this morning that I was going to say anything about Limp Bizkit, I would have, I would have, I would have said, "Nay, it's not going to happen." But here we are. I have it's to been five minutes. We've been talking about these guys. I have to you bring something what? up, guys. I'm pretty sure on every single episode of this so far, and to be fair, it's in the same era. We've brought up some terrible rock band. We've brought up Nickelback. We've brought up Limp Bizkit. We've brought up uh, Stained. I think at one point got brought up. I mean, we. We've, so I, apologies that we have reminded our listeners that these bands existed in the early 2000s. Uh, our apologies because I had forgotten that Limp Bizkit existed and Seven String Guitars until Kyle mentioned it three minutes ago. But I appreciate that all of us are respecting the name and pronouncing it Biscuit, and none of us have said Biscuit. <laughs> it's ingrained Limp in my biscuit. Oh gosh! All right. Speaking of <laughs> failure by design. <laughs> Chris, your turn. There's a lot of words in this song. A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's like rap, like yeah, Kanye West style. A lot of words. I did they ever? Did you guys ever see them play the song live? Like it would be really hard. That's what I was. I was going to ask you guys the off. exact same question. I've never seen them live. I I was wondering if they pull off all these vocals live too. Or just there's a lot of them. There's a lot of lyrics. There's a lot of backgrounds. There's so I've on. I've seen them live, and I think I think. I think it's why I love them so much. Like they are fantastic. And I think you they guys I think you guys have heard the legend of like they sell out everywhere they play, right? Like oh, yeah, no, no yeah, time. They... Like I mean, dude, they're they're incredible live and they pull it off and they sound I've so heard great. That. And the double vocal is insane live. I mean they're they're just great. Yeah. The chorus is a great example of a brand new chorus on this one. And I love the bounciness of those verses. Yeah. Like it's just got a really fun feel to it for a song Absolutely. that if you read the lyrics, you're like, Oh, this is it's going back to Kyle's point. It's like this really happy bouncy thing with, you know, these lyrics about crashing your car and killing yourself or whatever. So <laughs> right. uh, it's like, Oh gosh, that's rough. Uh, but yeah, the, the dual vocals on the chorus are awesome. And again, they just have a knack for melody yeah, I feel like Kyle. What about you? Uh, yeah. So uh, here, here's one of my notes that 
that uh, I actually can't find the reference, which is frustrating me. But so I read that this is one of the songs that he wrote coming out of a um, a dry spell. Like he had writer's block and this was his song coming out of that. I love this song. I think it's great. W- one note that I had that is kind of ridiculous. It'll make some sense to some people, but that, it, that guitar track there, excuse me, that guitar part in the intro is like the most toadies guitar part I've ever heard. Uh, that's it, very true. Yeah. It's so yeah. toadies. And, um, and the double vocal chord- chorus, the doot doodoos. I mean, it's yep. so, the melodies are so good, man. And, and I do agree with you, Chris, like it's, it's a mouthful. It's wordy. Like it's a really wordy song, but I, I dig it. So I'm always no, no, so it's terrible. A, it's, a, it's a great song. No, that, 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 it, it just stuck out to me. Um, uh, you know, going to Blake's point, like I was revisiting this record. Like I hadn't really like a lot, not, none of these songs like made it, made appearance on a lot of my playlists the last few years. So I was like, Holy crap, that is a mouthful. That's all mm-hmm. I couldn't get past it. Um, but, uh, cause you know, you can't really sing along. <laughs> you gotta have the like lyric sheet out to <laughs> try right. to sing along, but it's a great song. Lyrics are the hardest thing for me to write. So if I ever, I, I feel like it's a well that I, it's not, never ending and i feel like if i use that many on a song i would just be like well i'm out of lyrics i can't yeah, write anymore <laughs> yeah uh so you know maybe that's me uh let's go to last chance to lose your keys song man i so to me like this tune was it, i put preview of deja Tendu because i i think uh he was kind of uh uh i don't know he kind of pulled off something a little more epic with this song than some of the other tunes um like i i've always been a huge fan of the pre-chorus like building up to a big moment and Lo- i yeah. got the same note <laughs> yeah. here chris yeah and I, I yeah i put i put like that's just that, that part to me like we're, with the palm muting and it just feels so epic um and and plus like how can you not like if you just broke up with a girl or or whatever like how can you not just sing this as loud as you possibly yep. can while you're while absolutely you're, uh, uh, upset about a breakup. That's it's, a it's like an song. anthem for the dump. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, it, yeah. And I, you're right. I had the same note. The pre-chorus. I love a good pre-chorus, and I love a good bridge. I feel like there are some people that are very good at it, and this is a stellar pre-chorus. I love it, and the chorus is great. I mean, it is a. I bet this is. I've not seen them live. I would imagine this is really fun to sing with a crowd at their live show. I mean, and the the. The repeating line at the end about this isn't high school that matches that guitar line that we heard after the and the after the chorus on that clip, I love it. It's great. It's again great lyrics, great melody, great parts, great build. And you're right, it is kind of a little bit of a foreshadowing of it's a more complex isn't the right word, but it's a more I don't know. I mean, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like uh, it's more evolved than maybe the more punk rock straight, like first course, first course, you know, thing. It's, it's got some more stuff going on there that they really did a good job with. Kyle, what about you? Uh, I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. Um, 
one there is nothing I love more than than a foreshadowing uh, <laughs> a, a melody with a guitar part. Like I yes, I yeah. love that. Love it. Uh, love it. This is this is random. Probably not a good comparison, but like the 1975 does it all the time, and I'm just they I do it all the time. I They're love great it. at it. Um, and, and NXS did it before them, but that's yeah. fine. You know. Oh, do they sound similar? <laughs> what? No uh, way. Hey, hey, I'm all for it. Hey, if you want to recycle something 40 years later as good as NXS, go for it, man. So I can't uh, believe no one else thought of it. I, I just, uh, other than that, like for me, I, I wrote try not to bob your head to this hook. I just picture a van full of dudes, just all of them bobbing their head up and down. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. And like I said, it, I'm with you, Chris. I didn't have, I have um, two or three songs on this record on some playlists that I listen to fairly often. And so they'd come up, but honestly, I'd not listened to the rest of this record. And I'm like, how have I not listened to this song in a long time? It's so yep. good. So I'm glad that we did this one because all the other ones we've done so far are like records I still listen to all the time. And this is the first one that was like, yeah, I remember liking that record and then got back into it. And I'm like, gosh, man, this is a really good record. So now I probably need to get the vinyl for this one. I feel like that's I, on my next I've, step. Of all the records we've listened to, this is the one I spent the most time listening front to back over and over again. Because uh, I, you know, the other ones I were kind of committed to memory, not to borrow from the actual record commit to memory but which we will uh, do yes but but i i was i was having a fun time going back to that that moment in my life listening this record over and over again i even listened to it one more time before we started tonight like with my youngest son watching um onward for the 1600th time i had my oh, we... airpods in with the soundproofing and he was like hitting on my chest i was like shut up i'm listening to jesse <laughs> he's talking we haven't about done his that girlfriend we'll have to do onward next we've oh uh, it's good and uh yeah my girl's been watching The Little Mermaid 2, or I don't even know if it's called 2. It's like, oh, straight it's not to DVD? good, guys. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. I mean, of course. I mean, it's like not good, but they love it. So I'm like, can we watch something better? All right. Uh, Logan to Government Center. Kyle. Yes, I'm so glad you went to me because I feel I feel like I have the perfect way to describe this song thanks to you. This for me is the Little Mermaid 2 on this record. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. <laughs> like it, Oh, that's pretty good. It's uh, just it's just not as good as the other songs in my opinion. I agree. Actually, I I didn't have any notes because I was just like, I don't have an opinion on this song. It's not like I I don't feel like I skipped it when I listened to it. Yeah, but it doesn't do much for me. So um, yep. yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of there with you, Chris. What about you? Yep, same notes. Middle of the album, throwaway. It's right song. in the middle of the <laughs> record. Yeah. Although I do I do think the bridge is pretty cool on this song, but meh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, that was about consensus if we've ever had one <laughs> for sure uh, let's just go on to the no seatbelt song fix me to a chain around your neck wear me like a nickel even you 
Since Kyle was excited to go first last time, I'm going to go first this time because if we're going to bring up things we've referenced earlier in this podcast, I'm going to say this sounds more like a stained song than a brand new song, and I hate it. <laughs> I don't just like not have an opinion about this song. I hate everything about it, and I'm sorry. I just I hate. It sounds like he's making up the melody on the spot. It sounds there's that stupid. <laughs> This is the oh, this is my notes were this emoticon. It's the UG emoticon. Yeah, f the song. And like, I hate the melody. I hate that ringing guitar the whole time that's feeding back, but not really. It's just barely there, and it sounds stupid. I hate everything about this song. I can't find. I could not find a positive thing. I listened to it over and over. I didn't even skip it when I listened to it. I just don't like it. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. It didn't grow on me. It's not grower, not a shower. Spoiler alert! If you are gonna skip to the end of this, so yeah, that's my opinion on the song. So I'm sorry. I was so worried about my note because my note just says "ug." That's it. Mine says right. like, "man." Mine they, says I "man." Was like, They're gonna. <laughs> Man, they should not have put this song on this record. This record would be like great. It would be. I could not put this on a like five-star record because of this song. I'll this forgive is... Logan to government center. Cause it's like, okay. Like I don't hate yeah. it or anything. Yeah. It's so it's... fun when this happens. Cause like we've, I mean, Blake, you guys have we've been never talked about this song probably ever. For my whole life for 20 years. <laughs> I've never talked about this song. And here we are at this very moment. We all have what? Three letters <laughs> to describe it. Yeah. Surely they know. I mean, that this song is a stinker. I bet they're not busting this one out live. Can you imagine everyone goes to the bathroom in the bar at the same time? Dude, your description of you nailed it. It sounds like he's making up the lyrics on the spot. It, that is, that is a perfect description. No, see, I think he's making up the melody. I think he had the lyrics. This is oh. my opinion, and I'm, I could be totally wrong about this. He seems like a guy that writes the lyrics out first and maybe then fits him in a song. I don't know. Okay. I'm just judging by like how many lyrics are sometimes in a song, and I could be totally wrong. Kind of, I think Fallout Boy did the same thing, right? Yeah. Pete Wentz wrote lyrics, and then Patrick Stump kind of put him in music. Elton John, same thing. We bring up Elton John a lot on this podcast, don't too, by the way. you dare put those people in the same sentence with this song? No, no, no. I'm just saying that's how they do it. And I right, picture right. him like having the lyrics and this, someone's playing that guitar part and he's just making up the melody to fit these lyrics. It's so bad. I just hate it. I'm sorry. Like, it's the sorry, first Jesse, song that the... we've talked about on this podcast that I just loathe. Jesse, so, the label says they need 12 songs. All right. Just, I don't know. I got dude, this Dude, like, make riff. it 11 songs. They recorded this song twice, apparently. Yeah. Kyle, that... your thoughts? Meh. I mean, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, like I, if, if I wanted to put a positive spin on it, I might say that like you hear that, I guess on this song, he shows that he's not just wanting to do, you know, pop punk, but like, it's not good. Um, no, not a good one. Okay. I mean, if there's a positive, I'm always liking to look on the bright side. The positive is that I can hear where he's trying to go to Deja and Tendu. Yeah, totally. But it was failing. They were failing on this song. They figured it out for that next record, like to a great degree. They figured it out, and I don't know yeah. if that's a producer. I don't know if they just got better at writing songs in that style. Because 
Yeah, but yeah, so maybe that's the silver lining is that they're trying to go somewhere cool, but they should have just saved it for the next record because it just didn't work on this one. And I guess maybe the other silver lining would be like this does connect the two records a little bit because it would maybe be a big jump to go to the next one without like this and maybe mixtape and the last track. So anyway, that's if I'm going to put a positive spin on it, that would be it. You guys know I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. uh, And so... I'll give him that. But so any other notes on we've spent more time. We spend more time on the bad songs than the good ones sometimes. So uh, any other on the, on the no seatbelt song. Hey, in fairness to us, when a, when a record is great and then you put this on it, it's offensive. Yeah. Cause there were, look, there was, there were lots of records coming out at this time as more and more people were in bands and people got really into this genre of music and stuff that like were, you know, all 10 songs on the record were worse than this song probably. But you know, when the rest of the record is so good and I know you can write fantastic songs because every other song on this is great for the most part. Right. Uh, you know, I just don't understand how you write Jude law on the semester abroad and this song and think that they should be on the same record together. yeah, and, And how dare you make me pull my hand up every time I listen to this record to skip this song. (laughs) I don't have iTunes yet. I bet I skipped the crap out of this on the CD. I bet that spot is, uh, there are parts of the song that the laser never touched. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So, okay. Let's go to 70 times seven and get this uh, thing rocking again. Chris was rocking out some air drums to this one, so he gets to go first. Oh, I mean, I, I want to leave it to Kyle for this one. I, I, I have nothing but good things to say about this song. I, I love this song. Uh, best hook of the record. You can sing it out loud. You can th- picture the person you in your mind who you despise. I love it. Uh, we should do a lyric count on this one versus. Uh, no, I, I did. I did make design. a note here. I did make a note here that the bridge sounds a little bit like a tenth grader got a hold of a thesaurus. But other than that, I'm a huge fan. There are so many lyrics in the song. I'm going to count them up and see which one has more, and we'll put it in the show notes because I, I mean, like I said, that's a lot of lyrics. Uh, kudos to writing that many and then spitting them that fast because uh, <laughs> some parts it sounds like he's struggling to maybe do so because it's a lot. I don't know where he's breathing in the middle of this. Uh, Kyle, what about what do you think? Okay, so this is the one I have the most notes on. and Me too, actually. And like, Me too. Three, sure, I guess. Surely... There's no way I'm breaking this news to you guys. You know, you know that this song is about John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday, of course. right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yep. so here's where things get weird for me. First of all, and and you guys have referenced, uh, there's no I in team, right? Well, I the Taking Back Sunday song. On, yeah, we haven't in this podcast yet, but but yes, I mean, we're you guys have this song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, have you? What What exactly do you mean? Chris so might not know this. There's a response. Kyle, song. Lay down some. 
Lay down some truth. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. That's what you're saying. Like, the yes. songs go yes. tongue-in-cheek, yeah. hand-in-hand. Yes, well, absolutely. Yes. So what's what's crazy to me, it, Taking Back Sunday's song is, it, they both, the songs are both great, but, like, he's quoting brand new throughout that song. But here's what is a freaking trip to me, and this is the weirdest note that I found on this whole album. Freaking track number nine, 70 times seven, the most brutal lyrics on this album, basically, you know, I don't want to be your friend, just go die in this horrible way. Track number 11, Magazines, co-written by John Nolan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, you assume it happened before maybe to- all this stuff Yeah, happened. totally, but yeah. still, it's just like, it if you hate the dude, if you hate the dude so much, or if, I, I mean, money. that's... Get, it yeah. just seems weird to me because like I do think some of the stuff that they write is tongue in cheek, but like this song is pretty brutal. They really didn't. They really didn't like each other. No, they, they, well, did, Je- they did. To my knowledge, Jesse was the bass player for the original bass player for Day right. Sunday, right? Right. Okay. okay so, uh, so this is my note on it because I looked some stuff up because, okay, first of all, there was a magical moment back in the day. I had my whole iTunes library on shuffle. And it played this song back to back with No Eye and Team. No way. <laughs> like, nice. you know, with the, where they've got the same lyric. And I was just like, that's crazy. I know that sounds like a dumb, stupid thing to get excited oh. about, but it happened and it was really cool. Uh, yeah. So the story, by the way, and we'll put a link to this in the, in the show notes. But so the quick rundown of what happened is that brand new frontman, and this is me reading straight from the article. So brand new frontman, Jesse Lacey, was originally the bassist for Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back Sunday's then frontman, John Nolan. So this is before I already forgot the name of the other guy in the band. John Adam, Nolan apparently Adam, hooked up. Yeah, Adam. I can't Lazera. remember. Uh, Lars, Lazara. Uh, yeah, Lazara. Uh, so uh, brand new frontman, Jesse. Oh, sorry. I already read that part. Uh, so then frontman, John Nolan, apparently hooked up with Lacey's girlfriend at the time, which caused Lacey to leave the band and eventually start brand new. Cue the release of both of their debut albums. First, Jesse Lacey writes 70 times 7. Uh, acoustic song about the incident that would serve as the inspiration for aim away messages for years to come <laughs> in response. <laughs> such a good line in response. Taking back Sunday included. There's no I in team on their debut, a direct response to the track with uh, a specificity in its calling out that isn't often seen outside the rap game. I thought this article was like so brilliantly exactly. written because uh, you're right. It's not. And, and so th- yeah, it, we didn't play that clip, but, it's the part about uh, subtle as a brick and small on my back. That whole lyric from the bridge of this is in the in the end of uh, the Taking Back Sunday song. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun. There was not a lot of beef in uh, rock and roll uh, in the early two thousands in the nineties. That was kind of maybe a thing that happened in the eighties with some bands and stuff. But we never got a taste of that. And this was my taste of it <laughs> as as a as a music fan was uh, the beef between taking back Sunday and, uh, and, and apparently it's still, they still don't like each other uh, apparently. But my super ironic part is that then taking back Sunday breaks up because Adam dates John's sister and cheats right. on her. So there's just so many bands breaking up because people can't just not cheat on their girlfriends uh, or cheat with other people's girlfriends, uh, which is kind of funny to me. Um, although my side note is that I liked Straylight Run more than Taking Back Sunday's second record. Hot oh, take. Man. Sorry. What a huh? whoa, 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 wait a second. Whoa. More than more than uh oh my gosh. The the kid on the front, um the yeah. second record, uh Yeah. What is it called? Yeah. 
I can't remember what it's called right now. I'm drawing a complete blank. Blank. Um, I can see that. I can see the cover in my mind. It was their their breakout, uh, their major label. Their big one, breakout. yeah. I didn't like that new guy that replaced John Nolan. I love yeah, John Nolan, the and the if new guy John, wasn't great. Dude, yeah, you guys, I saw so live with John. Well, uh, where you Adam, want to be, Adam. Where you want to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, guys, so, yeah, I love, and that we'll talk record. about that record. I'm sure. Well, we'll talk about it. I'm sure. But yeah, my that's my. I, I was. It's the same thing that happened with Further Seems Forever when John Bunch. Straylight Run like, is this a, isn't is a, Jason. Straylight Run. You know what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. Well, at least the first. Uh, record. So anyway, beyond the beef, though, this is a great song. You know what I mean? It's uh, oh, yeah. it's a good melody. It's it's air drummable, as Chris was uh, demonstrating to us. This is not a video, but uh, he was air drumming, for those of you wondering. Maybe someday we'll record the video of it so you can see Chris air drum. He's quite talented at it. Um, shall we go to secondary? Do it. Go. All right. I'm glad you guys said do it. Here we go. Okay, I had one more note on seventy times seven that I forgot to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. the The title is great because it's like you know you're supposed to forgive your enemy seventy times seven or whatever, and he clearly is not forgiving the guy. So I just it's Wait, so what? tongue and cheek. What's seventy times seven? That's the biblical thing, you know. It's like he says, "How many times are you supposed to forgive your enemy?" Seven times. He's like, "No, seventy times seven. So I mean, it's like the point is like you're always supposed to forgive. Him. He's clearly not forgiving John Nolan nice. for no, I never, for what never he did. So yeah, for those of you that didn't uh, grow up in church, that's what that uh, title means. So anyway, secondary. Kyle, tell us about secondary if you've got notes um, on. So my notes, cool guitar parts, and for me, like this one. Knowing that they re-recorded it, to me, this is like one of the standout unpolished tracks. But I, but I kind of dig that, like, it's kind of sloppy sounding. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to me, the whole record's kind of like that. I mean, they clearly use the same exact snare drum on every single song, and <laughs> you know, I, what I mean, it's like I noticed that too, especially when you're listening with, with nice headphones. It's like it doesn't, kink, kink, it doesn't fit either. It doesn't no, no, fit. It's a little. It ringy. was a popular. It was a popular thing to have that ringy snare thing. But can you relate to the fact that you're making us the record for the second time? You're just like, oh yeah, just that that just dial it in. That's the yeah. But I just want to I just want a fatter snare on most of this record. It's so ringy, and uh, yeah, that that's probably my least favorite thing about this record is honestly the snare drum. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like the I don't mind a little bit of like sloppiness isn't the right word, Um, but you know, human yeah like feeling on a record i kind of miss it honestly because everything's so robotic now it's like everything's time corrected and everything's perfect and everything's you know do it a million times we can take the first syllable of this uh word and the second syllable of it and mash it and cut them together i don't know i I miss a little bit of the human feeling of like this sounds like a band playing a song and i like that Uh, yeah uh, these uh individual parts like coming together are not not easy to make sound great um, unless you're a really really great band playing together i mean you know uh relying on a on basically what's a drum fill for the chorus um with the lead guitar part and the bass line on this song is like super cool and then it and then it all comes down to like 
like what I think is the perfect bridge on this record, the quintessential perfect it's bridge. It's a it's a really good bridge. Yeah. Um yeah, I love this song a lot. Plus hey, rim clicks. Hey, uh Kyle, do you have any notes on like how <laughs> how you know long did clickety, clickety, No, I know what you're talking about. Comes back in. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh do you <laughs> you would be the drummer. Yeah, uh, sorry. I, I like it. It's okay. It's hard Kyle, to be original any... when you're back there with four 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 little percussion it's true. things, guys. Come on. Kyle, do you have any notes on like how long did they take to record this record? Like, do you have any idea of like did they record this in a week? Do you have or I mean like not counting the first time they recorded it? And do you know anything about that part? Uh, let me see. I'm trying. I'm trying. Kyle's to, face is lit up with I'm the glow sk- of an iPhone. I'm skimming. I'm skimming. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Look at that. Um, I was just curious because I want. I mean, it sounds no, like they recorded it pretty quickly, and I'm not saying they, it no, was like two days, but. When I was listening to it, I was like, "Man, it really." Uh, well, actually, I have a note here that it 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 almost sounded like they had like a lot of time, but not at a great studio because like the parts are really well rehearsed and really good. But now that I hear that they recorded a second time, maybe that's why it sounded so well rehearsed is because they had already done it one time. I think the rhythm stuff sounds like they recorded it together. Like I think it sounds like full like, band setup. I. I could be wrong. It sounds to me like the drums and at least rhythm guitars and bass maybe were together. Like it doesn't, cause I, I didn't put a tempo map to kind of this thing. I should have, I wanted to, I ran out of time, but I, I don't even know if some of it's on a click. I think that some of it might not be, which would indicate that you would be normally playing that together, but I don't know. I'm just curious. Maybe we'll, I'll, we'll try to find that information if Kyle can't and we'll so maybe I put it in the show notes if we can see... find anything about it. I don't see anything about that other than it just says, you know, the whole album was re-recorded when the original recording was lost in a computer's hard drive. Uh, that still all, makes my stomach sink ugh, right now. For you just it, saying it again. Time. It all hurts me. All of the me. songs uh, were re-recorded for the album, and the band later admitted that they did not like the overall sound of the album. Yeah, that's the other thing I was Well, we'll get to that when we get to the end of it. Let's keep going on individual tracks. you guys have anything else to say about secondary? Nope. All right, well, Magazines It Is, the song he co-wrote with uh, John, John Nolan. Here we go. down in my bed bedroom, stuttering to pictures of you. I know that you can always see me. So you staring through my TV last night. So open all Man, this is a good song. I just the the harmonies on the end of the chorus are fantastic. That high part that goes up, and the verses are almost as good as choruses. I mean, it's a really good song. Kyle, what do you think about it? It's a really good song, and it's crazy because we've been talking about how wordy Jesse is all over the rest of this record. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now I know John Nolan helped write this song. Like, it's like the one the song drawn where I, out. Yes, it, exactly. Yeah. It's not like let's fill every second of this with words. It, it's it feels more composed. You know, like he has single words and notes stretching out for entire measures in the chorus. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen almost anywhere else on this record. Yep. So you're right. I think that's probably, that was definitely a John Nolan thing for sure that he did was like stretch it out. Yep. You know, it's really good. It makes me, um, as much as I like both of their bands, I do wonder like, I mean, what, so what would John Nolan and him do together? I didn't know they co-wrote this song. So I guess this is the answer is stuff like this. So they're so, they have so many similarities. They're not the same bands at all. Like it's not like I mix them up or anything, but there's clearly like a thing going on in that scene where they're influencing each other and stuff like that. But I do wonder, it's like what in the alternate universe where people don't cheat on each other <laughs> all the time in New Jersey, we've, you know, to be fair, New Jersey, you know, maybe that's just what you do in New Jersey. So we wouldn't know. We're from the Midwest. Wait, we are. Midwest? We've well, we hung out in New Jersey. Remember that time, Chris? We were out and we like got stuck in New Jersey for like a week on tour for some reason. That, I do. It was weird. We were staying in the girls' basement and it seaside was, Tonys. Yeah, and yeah, it was the most. For anyone that's not been to New Jersey, uh, this is pre-Jersey Shore. This is 2004, 2005, or something that we're doing this thing, and it is exactly like those people on that show. It's not an exaggeration. Like, there's these dudes that just walk around the beach looking for someone to beat up. It's weird, and they have their jewelry on and their tank tops and their tans. It's very strange, but uh, you know, obviously made a lot of good music too. All right, shall we go to the final track? Or do you have any? We have to. If we have to? (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess we have to. Here we go. Um, I will tell my funny note about this after Soko Amaretto Lime. Here we go. guys this is ridiculous so (laughs) i either typed the title of this song wrong into itunes back in 2002 or the grace note thing did it wrong i always thought this song was titled it dropped the last e and i thought it was soco amaretto limb which i didn't know what it meant i thought it was like latin because i didn't drink at the time either this is (laughs) 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 and so as i'm as i'm listening to the song and i'm like putting these clips in i'm like oh my gosh it's lime it's a drink <laughs> like this is me. i was like what i don't know what that means in a, in a latin or something no it's southern comfort <laughs> i a lime oh uh, so that's my embarrassing story for this podcast um <laughs> chris do you have opinions on the song other than i'm an idiot for thinking the title this was different no, that's hilarious 20 I, years I, well no I'm, I'm with you like i wasn't um wasn't a drinker at the time and so I would have had no idea what Soko Amaretto Lime meant. No um, idea. And I also uh, just can't stand songs like this. I can't stand a 23-year-old singing about being 18 forever. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, hot take. I'm sorry, uh, man. It's, it's just okay. it's like I've just had so much emo at this point. I'm just like, at the end of this record, I'm just like, I just want it to stop. It's just my opinion. I always stop the song. Always stop this song. 
I love this song. No, so no, I'm I, in the. I, and, and, it's okay, no, and you are not alone. This song is very, very popular. And if this you, when is... I was doing research on this record, this was like number, like top eleven summer jams, all that. I don't know why. Yeah, I guess it's just something. With yeah, Chris. it's not the lyric part. I'm I get you on that part. That didn't all you know. I guess that didn't bother me a lot. But I love the like the line about got another 500 miles till we shut this engine down. I just I don't know. I, I really like it. I love the uh, it's it's a good ending track, and it's not yeah. it's not weird like the freaking no seatbelt song. It's like, it's a good song still. It's got a good melody. I love the gang vocal stuff at the end. Um, I do not like the vinyl sound going throughout the entire song mm-hmm. of the needle on the thing. This is a stupid reason for it to bother me. First of all, it's just too <laughs> loud. It could be at the beginning and the end and I'd be fine with it, but it's like in the mix loud enough that you can hear it all the time. And it's clearly the sound of a needle at the middle of a record where it just skips over and over again or whatever. Not like a record actually going around on a turntable at 33 and a half RPM or 33 and a third. Is that what it is? Anyway, that's a stupid technical reason to not like it, but really take out the acoustic, uh, the needle stuff and I'd be fine with it. And I actually like the way it ends too, with like the needle scratch. Cause it's kind of, uh, instead of being pretty, I kind of like it. Kyle, what do you think about this song now that I've ranted about it? So I I would say that uh, if Soco Amaretto Lim was Latin, it would it would stand for the drink is better than the song. That's what it means. Because man, so I'm the only bir- one that loves this song. Birthday buddies, the three of us together on this one. It it it, it annoys me. I wrote the vinyl sound is stupid <laughs> is stupid and it sucks. It is. I yeah I don't mind it at the beginning. I don't mind it at the end. I just hate that it goes the entire time and it's literally on like a like a two second loop tops or something. I mean, it's like super it, fast. And, and I will say this to, in, in fairness to you, like this is a jam that people love. It just yep. never, it just never clicked with me. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. I, I'm more of the three of us. I am more into a chill song or a more sentimental song ballad. Any of those, I'm probably lean that way more than you guys do. I, okay. That's I love singer songwriters. I like slow jams. Uh, so maybe that's why I'm attracted to it. I'm surprised though. That's, that's a, um, I, you know, just that's surprising. I thought maybe same thing. I think this is kind of one of their jams, but not I'm, jams. I, I'm not a big not drinker, jam. but I, I would rather, I would rather drink a Soco Amaretto lime than listen. I don't, to I've song. not had the Amaretto part. Soco lime's pretty good. Uh, admittedly. So, yeah. All right, so let's go to lasting impressions. Kyle, uh, does the record hold up? I think so. Um, I think there are ways that it doesn't. Like, I I think that it's more obvious to me now that they were high schoolers, you know, writing these songs. But I do think it holds up. I think I there is. I am convinced that there there was a shift in the music scene that could be. Uh, you you could date it before and after brand new and like I mean I have to give them full credit for that and as much as I can talk about brand new and their fans and like their lyrics like as much as it may have sounded at times like I don't like them I love them I think they're a great band and so yeah it holds up for me Chris what do you think uh yeah I, I feel almost exactly the same way as Kyle there I'm 
always had some very complicated feelings about this band. I remember one time when my band, I don't know if you guys know this, I was in a band. Um, <laughs> Me you, too. You guys know that? Oh, you, Blake, Kyle, you were? Kyle, Kyle were, were you, you in a band? band? Yeah, this is were crazy. You in a band too? What? But no way. We, we, were, we were in Washington, D.C. to play a show, and Brand New was playing uh, like the next night, and we had a night off. And the guitar player in my band, Kyle, like even bought tickets for all of us. And I refused to go to the show, even though he bought me a ticket because I felt you so strongly that like man at that of moment, principle. right. But at that moment, like I had decided that I just couldn't stand them. So I drove the van and the trailer around the city all night. Cause there's no parking in Washington, DC. I don't know if you know that for a, a van and a trailer. And to this day, <laughs> shocker, you couldn't find three spots. Right. The van and trailer right. No, no, I parked at like a Walgreens and like went in every hour to buy like a, a drink or something, you know, cause like in big cities, you can't, oh, you yeah. can't just like park at McDonald's uh, without them towing you. Uh, but anyway, I, I still like, even as I'm telling that story, I have like such a vivid memory and I, I regret so much not seeing brand new at the nine 30 club in DC that night. Yeah. Like, because, um, that for whatever stupid reason that I thought like I was being so cool because they are an amazing group of musicians. They've had a huge impact on the music scene that uh, I feel so strongly about and feel so aligned with. And so obviously um, this record was kind of their, um, uh, you know, entry into the music scene in 2001 of all years where this was just all starting. Um, and so, yeah, not, I, I completely agree with Kyle. They, for, for better or for worse, they made a huge mark on, on the music scene that we are a big part of. But I mean, Chris, at least you get to have, you know, you having that, that you skipped that show out of principle on your resume has gotten you so many great jobs, right? I mean, <laughs> you've had... That's right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, sold tickets for a, a minor league baseball team. Didn't see Jesse Lacey at the nine thirty club in DC. People are like, Oh, this is interesting. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I have so many things like that, that I just am so principled about. And I'm like, no one will ever know or care that I did well, or didn't hey, do this stupid thing. Riddle me this though. My story is better than just seeing the band. I didn't see the band and now it's a better story. It's a better story for the purpose of this podcast for sure. Yeah. But hey, I would still say in hindsight, that's one you shouldn't have missed. Uh, probably. I think they were playing with Hot Rod Circuit too. I really oh, should have gone. Yeah, you should have seen that. Show. <laughs> Hot Rod Circuit, man. I, that that was a good band, man. They were good live. I must uh, have been really angry that night. I would say so. You might have been. Uh, so let's go to Kyle. Oh wait, you already said I, that. I, you I, think I, it holds it, up? Yeah, it holds up. Okay, I think it does. I, like I said, I had not listened to it in a long time, and I was very pleasantly surprised i don't like the production i think it feels not great i'm gonna be more of a production dork than anyone ever should be but um you know the jump from this record to their next one is like astronomical as far as how much better it sounded and well produced and i'm not even talking in like a they got better as a band too i mean i don't think it's just like production that went into it so um I I never related I'm with you. I never related to these lyrics. So this is not like this was not a band for me that I I did really like the songs, but I I was never like that's how I feel or something. And I do feel like the people a little younger than us probably did really feel that way. I th- I mean Jesse, you keep saying this. Did they write this quite a bit earlier? I mean, I know he's a few years older than us, so I guess he maybe wrote it right around high school, maybe just after or something like that. But it does 
feel Blink 182 ish and the fact that they're like maybe a little older writing in the spot that they were as they were maybe younger or something. But yeah, I never related to the like angsty lyrics and the kind of angry stuff. I've never, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been as angry at anyone in my life as he was against several girls and John Nolan and some other people on this, on this album. I don't think I've ever held that much uh, where I could write that many lyrics about it. I mean, I've certainly, you know, been angry with people, but I don't know that I've uh, taken it to the level of brand new. So is this their best album? Let's go to Chris first. No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Therefore, which one is? Come on. Is it the Deja Intendu? Everybody. Yeah. But, but uh, to, to go back to what you said, I didn't fault them that much for the bad production on this record because I kind of give almost every band from this era a break. Um, And I give almost everyone on their first record a break. And I I know you did too. I wasn't wasn't saying that you didn't at all, but like at at the same time, I was like, it's, it was kind of cool to me. I was like, man, for how bad the production is on this record, like they're such good musicians. Like they still kind of freaking pulled it off, man. I mean, it's, it's great, but yeah, they came out swinging on the next record. I mean, that Deja Tendu is just, Ugh, it's unspeakably good. God, it makes me mad. It's so good. So yeah, um, not because yeah, it's I, a bad record, but it's not their best. I feel the same way. I feel like um, the next record is more interesting, like long term. I feel like, and uh, it's just got some really good songs on it. But this song, I mean, I mean, this album has really, really good melodies and songs on it. And I had forgotten how good a lot of these songs were. Kyle, what do you think? Is it their best, or are you sticking with us? Oh, no way. It's not their best. But I honestly, as much as I like Deja and Tendu, I, I love the devil and God are raging inside me. And I love, uh, I love Daisy, the 2009 release. Like, dude, I I don't know how familiar you guys are with that record, but like, it's, it's solid, dude. And, and honestly, I don't know that I, there's a better brand new song for me than, um, showing season or excuse me sewing season number one on the devil and god are raging inside me you guys Great remember song. that one yeah yep dude that thing here's, rocks here's dude, where i their, know their oh, newest ahead, record too oh i'm so sorry uh their their no. newest record science fiction too is, is it's awesome it's not bad yeah, yeah no i really like listening to it sorry blake go ahead i'm not into it oh man i don't I need to it's try it again, good. maybe. I tried it like twice, and I couldn't get into. It. I know that I know that Deja Antendu. I cannot say it. Deja Antendu, whatever is. I know it was the record that made a bunch of fans that turned me off from Brand New because I didn't listen to anything after that until this newest one because so many people were raving about it, and I couldn't get into it. So I need to go back and listen to the ones that came out after it. So I I don't have a fair opinion of what their best record is because I really only listened to their first two. Uh, it, I mean, just their newest one I did listen to, but. Uh, List, only listen. times I didn't love it, so I'll go again. I'll give it another shot. It's probably a, it's probably the whole thing is a. It sounds like it's a growing kind of thing, and and I know lots of people that love this band and still love this band. It wasn't a trendy thing in two thousand one for them, so I don't think those people are wrong. And maybe I need to give it another shot. But I do just remember when Deja Nintendo came out. I am thinking of very specific people at very specific places that will remain unnamed. But I just remember being like, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Cause it was like this kind of frat boy, like every person in a fraternity loved that record. Every bass player sound checked to the sick transit Gloria <laughs> baseline, which is a 
fantastic baseline, but it just got a little too much. And so I'm kind of with you on that, Chris. And I think it kind of turned me off of what came after that. So I need to check out the other records to be fair. Um, is it their most important album? What do you guys think about that? Like, is it for them or for a scene or whatever? What do you think? No, I don't. I mean, I think, I think Deja and Tendu is, you know, yeah. Uh, because I th- I think you're right. I think th- as far as the timeline goes of what I remember and these angsty kids, I think it was not uh, your favorite weapon that did that. I think it was. No. I think it was after that. I think, yeah, we all agree. <laughs> so I think, yeah, their, their sophomore album uh, is, which is a hard album to make most of the time, um, but they did a really good job. And we'll obviously do that record at some point on this podcast as well, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, let's go to the sort of award section, Desert Island Songs. What are the two or three of your favorites? Chris, you first. Um, that, for me, is going to be... Well, it sucks because, like, I don't want to do Shower, Not a Grower, and be part of my Desert Island, so... That's okay, gonna, it can be. Uh, well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to do two for Desert okay. Island. I'm going to say Shower Scene, I just always love that song, and uh, 70 times 7. I know that's uh, a little on the nose, but I love okay. that tune. That's all right. Kyle, yours, Desert Island songs, two or three. Uh, Desert Island for me, Jude Law on a Semester Abroad, Failure by Design, and 70 times 7. Uh, I'm going to do Jude Law. It's just so good. Uh, I'm going to do Last Chance to Lose Your Keys and Soko Emerald Lime. I love that song. I really am going to put it on my desert island. Um, I'm, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's Perfect. What's the worst song in this album? Uh, I mean, we obviously all agree. It's a No Seatbelt song, right? Does anyone not say that's the worst song in this record? Fuck no. sucks. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. terrible. Yeah, don't like it. Growing on a show, or Chris, you go first since we know you've got one. Well, now I'm curious. I wonder if you guys are going to pick the same one as me. I'm kind of curious. Well, now, now we're going to find out. Okay. Well, so for me, like, wait, hold on. Is this where oh. we're supposed to put a commercial break as podcasters and then come <laughs> back from the commercial break? Let's have a word. Let's have a word from our sponsors. Wait, hold on. Let me check. Hold on. Uh, oh, we don't have any sponsors yet. Nah, Sorry. Okay, cool. you can go, Chris. Go. That's it's all sponsored by us technically, right? Didn't we all right now, the money yeah. for all this? <laughs> <We did. laughs> all right. We sponsored all bought microphones. Chris's answer is sponsored by Chris who bought this microphone that Chris is talking into. Chris, go. Uh the song for me that uh when I heard this record again, uh secondary, I, I was like, Oh man, dude, I, I never really was into this tune. When I listened to the record back in the day, and now I, I, I immediately threw it onto my playlist. Like I, I, I really, really was into that song. Kyle, what about yours? Uh, so mine is "Last Chance to Lose Your Keys," but the, but the reason is because like the, the pre-chorus and the chorus rock so hard on that. But I feel like the verse is not that great, and so I kind of had to get over that. And and that one over time has become one of my faves. So. Yeah. If they have a weakness, I think that a lot of their verses aren't fantastic. They're not bad, but they're not like eighties music bad where you literally can't remember the melody. So forgettable. Yeah. 
Chris and I were at a karaoke bar at one time and Chris and Danny, our lead singer, were trying to sing Love Lists Us Up Where We Belong as a duet and no one in the bar could remember what the verse sounded like, like what the melody was. Wow. No one. Because it didn't matter in the 80s. They just literally went like, you've got a chorus. It doesn't matter what you do on the verse. People will listen to this song and you'll make gajillions of dollars. And it's true. Most, a lot of 80s songs are just like, I can't, I, the lyrics are in front of me. I have no idea what the melody is to this. Uh, so I feel like there's a little bit of that. He got better at that. And there's some songs that have really good verses. But if there's a weakness on this, it's that. Um, I think mine is magazines or secondary. It's kind of that weird spot on the album, probably because I liked the last track so much that I was not paying enough attention to the ones that came before it or something. But, um, but for the most part, this album... It's got great hooks and stuff, which I really like. I like a great melody. So I think the album, for the most part, I liked pretty quickly. I don't remember. There wasn't a song on this one that I remembered not liking that I liked now. Um, yeah. So that would be my grower, not a shower. Um, so any other last thoughts about the record in general, fellas? What? What? What's different about this re-release, guys? Did we did we discuss this? Because every time I looked up this record, I saw this new cover. Like, what did they did they remix it? Does anybody know the story here? I have no the idea. The deluxe, the deluxe S- version. So um, I didn't even. Yeah, go, Kyle. Do you have any? Yeah. So it doesn't say anything. I didn't see anything specific about um, the re-release other than the new cover art and. There are different versions of the re-release that came out with a few different bonus tracks uh, mm-hmm. that I'm not familiar with. So that's that's all that I can see. I don't think it was remixed. I think that's pretty clear, right? Sounds like a money grab from the labels. Good job, yeah, guys. Definitely. Hope you made a few bones on that one. Yeah, but yeah. like, why the artwork changed? I've seen it where someone does some weird alternate thing, like on the vinyl release, like because you've got a bigger format and you know, like motion city soundtrack did that with commit this to not commit this to the memory. Um, uh, what's the one that came after that? My favorite record that I forgot the name of. Anyway, the, my vinyl <laughs> version is completely different. Um, so I've got several vinyl things that are like that, but like the CD album artwork or Spotify album artwork. I, and for me, the album artwork's the same, not even on the, um, deluxe edition, but I don't know. So that was weird. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was just the whole time going, I, that's not familiar to me at mm-hmm. all. So, um, all right. Well, I guess that's it for this one. Thanks again for listening. And if you like what you hear, you can consider giving us a glowing review on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can send us a screenshot of that review. Uh, tweet it at Finding Emo Pod on Twitter, or you can email it to info at findingemopod.com and we will just randomly pick one and we'll hit you up and shoot you a Finding Emo t shirt that you can, you know, all your friends are going to be jealous. Let's just put yeah. it that way. And mom, totally. mom, if you're listening, you, I'm just going to give you a shirt, so please don't enter. Because if you're the only one, we're going to be depressed. <laughs> really sad. <laughs> like, clearly, same last name. And- Uh, Well, that is it for us. So we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.